The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress, a collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The natural hybrid is made from natural latex, natural wool, and environmentally safe foams. The natural hybrid elevates your sleep and supports Go to lisa.com forward slash nancy to learn more. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash nancy. On February 9th in 2004, Maura Murray left her dorm in Massachusetts and drove some 130 miles into New Hampshire. Her car hit a tree. It's cold, it's desolate, it's barren, and it's very dark. This is Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. A person came along, he was driving a bus, he was a neighbor. He asked her if she needed help, she refused. My immediate reaction when I found out that my daughter was missing was right at the edge of panic. She, you found her car, she was in an accident. She's not there, where is she? Where is the search now? Uh, how far have you looked now? As it turns out, there was no search. The initial conclusions at the scene was that Mara had probably left on her own free will. Imagine this, a cold February evening, very close to Valentine's Day, and you have a fender bender. But your family says you're never seen again. 
I cannot even imagine what it would be like to race to the scene of a fender bender of my sister, my mom, my husband, and the car's there, all their stuff's inside, but they're gone. I just held that thought for a moment. Hello, everybody. It's Nancy Grace with Crime Stories, and I'm talking about, of course, Maura Murray. And joining me, along with the Duke, Alan Duke, investigative reporter today, two special guests, Tim and Lance, they have made it their mission to find out what happened to missing Maura Murray. I want to thank someone for being with us today. It is Simply Safe. Simply Safe Home Protection and Alarm System. You know, thousands of people across America every day want a security system but they think they cannot afford it. I have a security system, got a security system for my mom. This is called Simply Safe, and I love it. As a matter of fact, a lady in our neighborhood, Miss Shirley, her husband passed away recently. He was a World War II vet like my father. She's all alone, and she's been very concerned because somebody will come and ring her doorbell at like 3 o'clock in the morning, And the other morning, she woke up around 3 o'clock in the morning, and she could hear someone outside whistling, whistling. And it scared her so much. Well, she got a Simply Safe. It's $14.99 a month. And this is one of my mom's best friends. I feel so much better knowing she has it. The thing about it is you can afford it. Doesn't have any contracts. It's 24-7, 365 protection. There are security professionals watching, and they react instantly and send the police. And you can get 10% off by going to simplysafe.com slash nancy. Simplysafe.com slash nancy. And I certainly would not have suggested this to my mom or her friends if I did not believe that home alarm systems stop crime like Simply Safe. That's what I think. Now, this is what we know. February 9, 2004, Haverhill, New Hampshire. A lovely area, rural, not too far from a town. Murray, a nursing student at University of Massachusetts, never disappeared before. But that afternoon, Feb 9, before she leaves campus, she emailed her teachers and her work manager that she was taking a, de- a week off. Now, she said it was because of a death in the family, but no one can confirm that. At first, I almost hate to say this, it sounds like a bad echo. Police treat it as a missing person case. Uh, that was because of her alleged travel preps. No sign of foul play. She's never been seen again. This is Feb 9, 2004. What, she's still on vacation? I don't buy it. And I'm also suspicious as to who or why those messages were sent to a work supervisor and professors at school. Let's bring in now Tim and Lance. Guys, thank you so much for being with us. Tim, I've never believed this was a voluntary missing case. Never. Yeah, thank you very much for having us on, Nancy. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a confusing case to say the least. I don't like that. I don't like confusing. I'll tell you why. 
Because to me, it's very clear. I'm not confused. I mean, honestly, are you confused? You think she just went on vacation and never showed back up? Just left her nursing studies, left her family, left her job, everything, and went to hay with it. I'm just going to leave and leave my car and everything else. You really think that's what happened? Uh, 13 years have gone by. I think it's very, very difficult to to believe that she's uh, still out there. I'm not confused at all. She was taken and she was killed. Tim and Lance joining me from their Missing Maura Murray podcast. Let's go through the facts. You start, Tim. Okay, well, uh, she got into a single car accident at about 7.30 p.m. In, uh, oh, back it up. Back it up, Mr. Man. <laughs> single car accident. You sound like a cop, for Pete's I'm sake. I'm glad that you started, Tim. <laughs> You're next, little boy. When you say single car accident, let's, let's talk about what happened, Okay. What happened? What do you mean by single car accident? I'll never forget when I was a brand new prosecutor and I was trying to draw up indictments for the grand jury, which basically means you're stuck with reading a big, huge file and then you boil it down. You figure out what counts should this person be charged with, if any, and then you ferret through all the information and come up with the correct felony counts. And I was reading a police report and it said, we secreted ourselves. I'm like, what? You secreted yourselves? I figured out that's cop talk for we went and hid. Okay, now, single car accident brings back secreted memories. And what that means is they hid themselves to spy on somebody. So when you say single car accident, this is important, Tim and Lance. What did she hit? My point is, was it staged? What did she hit? Well, there are some out there. There's a school of thought out there that um, the the accident was not... uh, it didn't appear to be to be a normal um, mis mis uh, interpretation of a curve. The, Route 112 was extremely windy, and it was dark. And there could have been a situation where she might have hit some black ice and overcorrected. Um, but the damage on her car was not really consistent with the damage um, that it. Do we know what she hit? It was a guard. I'll just tell you, it was a guardrail for Pete's sake. A guardrail on Route Nine in Hadley. Um, now, wait a minute. No, that, oh, that, that, that was, was a different accident. That was her father's car. That's right. That was her dad's car. Yeah, she had an accident uh, two days beforehand with her father's car right outside of UMass. So what do we know about her fender bender? It was, uh, the, the police report says she hit a tree, but we don't hmm. believe that's true. We, we think it was a snowbank. Right. You really couldn't be going that fast on that road to hit a tree. If she was going that fast to go through the snowbank to hit the tree, the damage would have been very obvious. And the car would have been in a different spot. Let me ask you a question. What I'm getting at and why I find this significant is really no detail is insignificant in any criminal case, especially if it catches your interest, if you find something unusual about it, you need to at least investigate it. My my point is, I don't really care if she hit a stop sign, a tree, or a snowbank. But what I'm wondering is, was it staged? Did somebody else do that to her car? Or was she in the car struggling for the wheel and it went off the road? How do I know she was driving the car or even in the car? So let's start with A before we get to Z. A, do we have any indication whatsoever that she was driving the car? Yes, 
So a neighbor, Butch Atwood, he lived about 100 yards away from the accident scene, was driving his bus. He was a bus driver. He was driving his bus home that night and came upon the scene probably about, I don't know, a minute later and spoke to Mora, told her uh, that if she wanted, she could go back to his house and get warm. She said, uh, it's okay. I already called AAA. She told him not to call the police. He said he was going to call the police. He sa- she said, no, I already called AAA. Okay, hold on right there. Unless I was freezing to death i would not go in an unknown man's house no and and he was a very he was a very intimidating looking man he was over 300 pounds um grizzled grizzled uh man so i don't find that unusual now some people would say oh she didn't want to go in there because she had another plan she was going to take off with so and so i wouldn't go in there either so she had a cell phone correct yeah that's correct did she call AAA? is that real no, you can't. If you go there today, like today, you can't get cell phone reception in that area. And he knew that too. But do we know of a cell phone record where she tried to call AAA? No, it does not exist. She there was no activity on her phone. Okay, that that that's legitimate to say she didn't have st- cell reception. I, I don't know that, but I do know cell phone records don't lie. So if she didn't call, she didn't call, and she lied to the guy. Now, do I hold that against her? No. Because I might make something up in order to get away from some dude trying to get me to get into his house. Yeah, I too. wouldn't get into this. Okay, <laughs> so no. So what happens then? She doesn't go to the house. What happens? Well, then another neighbor, pretty much directly across the street at seven twenty-seven, calls nine one one and speaks to uh, a nine one one operator uh, and explains the scenario outside of her window and describes a flurry of activity at the trunk. And between does she see does she see Mora at the trunk? She sees a woman. A woman. Yep. Well, I I still think that was Mora, unless because you know why? Statistically, yeah. a woman is not going to kidnap another woman out on an ice bank. Okay, that's not going to happen. So let's go with that's Mora for right now. Now that's I'm trying to time it. How soon did that? How close was that call to police actually getting there? The uh, one of the police officers, uh, Cecil Smith, was dispatched at 7:29. At 7:40, the Atwood residence um, spoke to 911. Wait, give me those times again. I'm sorry. 7:40. At was... 7:40, the Atwood residence called 911. 911 was busy. They got a call back from um, from dispatch at uh, 7:42. The first witness call was at uh, 7:27, and so the First officer arrived on the scene at 746. So there were two 911 calls. So you've got 19 minutes between them seeing her at the trunk and the cop getting there. 19 minutes. Is that right? Yes. Now that second, the first time they called 911, it was busy. Is that when they saw her? That was a few minutes later. Right. That was a few minutes later. Butch Atwood went back to his house, told his wife to call. He went back to his bus and couldn't quite see the accident scene, but saw cars going by. Right. So in the in the meantime, uh, Faith Westman, the first witness across the street, called, and that's when uh, that's when police were dispatched. And that was at um, twenty six or twenty seven, seven twenty seven. Seven twenty seven was the first call. Yep. And seven twenty nine was when police uh, Cecil Smith was dispatched to the scene. And he got there nineteen minutes later. Correct. At seven forty six. What I'm trying to figure out is how much time elapsed between someone actually seeing her at the trunk and the cop getting there. As long as Faith Westman kept her eyes on 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 the car the entire time. 
we don't we don't really know. We don't know when Faith Westman hung up the phone and why she hung up the phone. So the last time we know someone saw her was Butch Atwood uh, at between uh, seven twenty five and seven thirty. Because there's nothing, there's no timestamp on when he saw her. We just know that during Faith Westman's call, he at one point arrived and spoke to Maura. Okay, so tell me the next sequence of what happens in, next in the sequence of events. Well, she was gone by the time Cecil Smith arrived at 7.46. And you're saying someone spoke to her other than Butch Adams? Butch was the only person that we know of to speak to her at the scene. Actually speak to her. Okay. You know what's interesting? I wonder if police know of any passersby that saw her that morning. I'm just trying to pinpoint that timeline. No, no. Did anybody come forward and say they saw her? No one came forward immediately. There was another neighbor who came forward and said that he saw somebody who might... Somebody who might have matched her description a few miles up the street, like up on a walking, kind of kind of running and ducking into the woods. But we have suspicions about that individual. That doesn't make sense. It should be ducking in the woods. I would be waiting for a lady to come along in a car that would give me a ride. Okay, Mm -hmm. so we've got about a 19 minute lapse there. What could have happened? Um, We know it was her. We know she was in the car. We know there was some sort of single car accident, staged or not staged, and we know she left the car. And it was at night, so nobody could really see exactly what was going on. Yeah, very dark at the scene. Okay. At some point, we have a we have a witness who, um, pretty much right right at the time of the accident, right around that time frame, within a few a few weeks. Um, she reported to the police that she did see the police SUV with 001 parked nose to nose with Moore's car somewhere in that 15 to 19 minute time frame. Um, we can pretty much narrow it down to about four minutes, four to six minutes, where she, she left work, was driving to her home. There's a, uh, a dead zone of um, cell phone reception, so she... She called before she left work, and she called when she got back into cell phone reception. In the meantime, she passed by the scene and saw police SUV 001 parked nose-to-nose with Morris' car. However, she didn't see anybody inside the car, figured that it was probably in the process of maybe she was in the SUV with the police officer. It was dark. She couldn't see any, um, any, any particular person. Who was the police officer that answered the call? Well, Cecil Smith is the first person uh, on paper to have arrived there, but uh, the the SUV that we're talking about wasn't actually on any police report, and uh, th- they they say that that police SUV was uh, was in the shop at that time. How could that be? I don't know. Either the witness is wrong or they're wrong. Exactly, and yeah. um, who would have been in that SUV? What cop was attached to that SUV? The only person who was allowed to drive that SUV, 001, is the chief of police. And the chief of police at the time was Jeff Williams. And where was he at that time? Has he been accounted for? I don't know. As far as we know, that he might have been drunk. What? What? Okay, what? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. This is a whole new <laughs> monkey wrench you've thrown into this. So yeah. another witness states that she sees a police SUV parked nose to nose like you're going to jump off the car. And 
doesn't see anybody in Mora's car and assumes the person, Mora, is in the SUV. The police force says that SUV was in the shop and that SUV is attached to the chief of police. This is before Officer Cecil Smith X Smith yep. gets there. Huh. See, I, I, I don't I actually, as much as I'd love to believe the conspiracy theory that the police of chief is the chief of police is involved. The timeline really doesn't fit to me. No, you've only got 19 minutes for what the chief of police to show up, kidnap her and make off with her and come up with a cover. I, that doesn't make sense to me. And, does it? and and Faith Westman never says in her phone call to uh, to 911 that the police have arrived. Which which would be something I would think if I was looking at a at an accident and I was on the phone with the police and I saw the police arrive, I would say, oh, the police have, have arrived. You know, I, that's how I would end the call. Um, Can I ask you another question? Yes, please. That really precedes this this moment. What about her statements to or messages to her boss and her professors that she was leaving due to a death in the family? Are we for sure that she is the one that sent those messages or made those statements? The uh, statements about there being a death in the family, and that is why she needed to take some some time off, uh, have been proven to be false. Um, according to the email, it did come from her email address. Well, that doesn't mean anything to me. The fact that it came from her email address, I mean, I could hack into your email address on my cell phone right now, probably. What is it, your DOB? I mean, come on. <laughs> or your child's DOB or your phone number or your social. I mean, someone that knew her, i.e. a boyfriend or an ex-boyfriend, could guess her passcode and send those emails. Sure. Yeah, I'm just not in the – I'm just not uh, – I've given up speculating on this a long time ago. Uh, what we know is that an email was sent from her email address. So, On the other hand, think of how far-fetched that would be. An ex hacking into your email, not far-fetched. But an ex hacking into your email, plus you happen to have a fender bender, plus in 19 minutes you disappear, all that together, to me – doesn't add up yeah it, it definitely doesn't add up um what what the yeah uh, the school of thought that tim and i go on at this point is that with the accident she got into with her father's car which which was a total uh she she gets into that accident she allegedly had boyfriend problems he was he was away he was um he was at west point um or he was in oklahoma at fort sill and she was going through a bad stretch and it seemed like she needed to get away and if she were to email and, and and lie about a death in the family to get some time off, to get a little extra time off just to clear her head. That's what it seems like happened. Well, would she have gone to visit the boyfriend at West Point? No. Why? No. I think... He, he wasn't at West Point at that time. I think she wanted to take some time to herself. I don't think it was... She had just seen him over Christmas break. I think she needed some time to be alone. Why? Every, everything she took, because everything every she time took I hear of a that woman she... that says she wants to be alone and goes missing, a guy killed her. Okay, so let's think about this. So just because she saw him at Christmas break, this is February. If they were having problems, would she have gone there to try to work them out? Where, you're saying he's not at West Point, so where was he? He was at Fort Sill in Oklahoma. So the boyfriend's at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. How far of a drive would that have been, and why would she have ditched her car to do it? It's like a 20-hour drive or something like that. Oh, 
So what do we know about him? Has he been investigated? Yeah, he has. Um, he, he was cleared a while, a long time ago by police. So it sounds like, all conspiracy theories aside, she does have a fender bender and somebody picks her up. Mm-hmm. Is that what you think? I uh, yeah, I think we uh, I think we both agree that that's what happened. So let's talk about her activity. Didn't she go on Google Map, MapQuest, or something the night before? What do we know about that? Yeah, she uh, she called for she called to potentially rent a condo in Bartlett, New Hampshire. But she also had directions to Burlington, Vermont, in her car. That ski season. I mean, did she take ski gear with her? What what no. was in the car? She had uh, basically like a, a backpack of sort of an overnight bag, maybe maybe a few. It seemed like she was probably going away for a few nights based on uh, her clothes. Uh, her cell phone, her keys, and her wallet have never been recovered. Cell phone, keys, and wallet. But was backpack still in the car? Yes. Uh, yeah, it was sort of a duffel bag, I think, with um, with a lot of her belongings and some alcohol as well was uh, in the car still. So didn't she just go to the liquor store? Yes. She went to the liquor store before she left. So sounds to me like she was going away for a weekend, two or three days somewhere. But was she going to meet somebody? The condo she called had, had two bedrooms, um, the condo she, she attempted to rent. Um, so there's, there's been lots of speculation of that over the years, but no one's ever come out and said they were supposed to be with her or. Well, what about her cell phone? Were there any cell phone calls or emails or texts to suggest she was meeting someone? There was just a mysterious, uh, ping, which could have been from her cell phone or to her cell phone off of the, uh, Londonderry, New Hampshire tower, which is. I think about a mile, uh, uh, an hour away from uh, where she, where her car was found. Um, but there's nothing after that. There's, there's been no activity on her phone. Why, why do you say it was a mystery ping? It's, it's just tough to get the uh, cell phone records from. Uh, I think it was Sprint back, back uh, in 2004 for what could have been her checking her voicemail. Maybe there's just been there's very little information. But I mean, if it pinged off that tower, that means the the f- cell phone was near that tower. Within within what? Well, we yeah, that, that that's also strange. Yeah. That's also strange because it it doesn't make sense with the route she would have taken from UMass. Um, that 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 tower in the town where where it pinged is off of a different highway than the one that she would have taken from Western Massachusetts. But doesn't it make sense if someone got her in the car? I mean, she's alone on the side of the road at night. So she's gone about a mile, according to one motorist, if they're to be believed. And she definitely leaves the scene. So she's either picked up in a car at the scene of her crash, or she starts walking because she doesn't want to go into the home with this butch guy and gets picked up there. So she got picked up by somebody, either on foot or at the scene. Why wouldn't it make sense for her, if she's taken involuntarily, why wouldn't it make sense for them to go in direction of the ping? Well, the, the ping came before the accident. That came about probably... Oh, I see. Yeah, that was the route from, um, from Massachusetts to New Hampshire. Yeah, and like Tim said, it's on, it's on a different highway. If you were to leave uh, UMass Amherst and go to New Hampshire, you'd be taking a certain highway. This was pinged off of another major highway going to New Hampshire. Who, if anyone, did she know in the Berkshires, uh, Burlington? 
because around midnight the night before, I mean, that night, it was midnight, she goes missing that day, Feb 9. She uses her personal computer, her PC, to search MapQuest to get to the Berkshire, Berkshires or to Burlington, Vermont, both ski areas. So did she know anyone in those areas? Not that we know of. Uh, we know her sister and brother-in-law lived in Vermont, but uh, they have not uh, come out and, and said that she was planning to meet them Sounds or like she's like brushing that. off her boyfriend because at one o'clock that afternoon, she disappears that night, about six and a half hours later. She writes in an email, I got your messages, but honestly, I don't feel like talking to much of anyone. I promised to call today, though. Did she call him? I don't believe that the they actually spoke on the phone. I know that hmm. there were calls that were uh, back and forth with uh, checking voicemails, and she didn't actually talk to him on the phone, right, Tim? I don't believe that's in the phone record. I think she... No, I think she called him, and then he called her yeah, back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, pretty, pretty much immediately. She, she didn't reach him, and then he started calling her friends as then well. It seems she was intent on going to a hotel because she uh, called around 2.05 after she calls or emails emails the boyfriend that afternoon at 1. She calls a number that gives you recorded information about booking hotels in Stowe, Vermont. Mm-hmm. 2.18, she calls the BF again and leaves a message saying they'll talk later. That was just a message. Mm-hmm. In her car, clothing, textbooks, um, toiletries. Her room was searched later, and campus police found most of her belongings packed in boxes and art removed from the walls. There's... Yeah, they had... Uh, there There was a... Uh, like, the spring break that they had just come back from, so... A lot of people have told us that it's not uncommon for everything to still be packed at that time. Huh. Yeah, th- their semester starts later at UMass. Right. It starts at the end of January. So this semester, so that doesn't mean she was packing up to leave. Right. It could have been she just arrived a few days and earlier had and didn't unpack. And on top of the boxes, there was a printed email to her boyfriend talking about trouble in their relationship. Why was that printed out? Why would you print out an email? It's a great question. Got us. That's one of the that's one of the mysteries of it. She was alone that afternoon, close to four o'clock, because she was seen on an ATM withdrawing about almost three hundred bucks. She bought about forty bucks worth of booze, Bailey's Irish cream, Kahlua vodka. Okay, this was her, she was alone because that's caught on video, and she picked up accident report forms. I guess that was for a crash right. with her dad's car. That's correct. Yep. Then she leaves on Interstate 91. She checks her voicemail at 437, and that's it. That's correct. And the the time the timing of that is is pretty accurate as far as when you lose cell phone reception entering into New Hampshire, entering into the White Mountain region. There was a hairpin turn, as Tim and Lance told us. She goes off the road and hits a tree. Eh. At that point, we think, anyway, or a snowbank, somebody comes along driving a bus, a neighbor, Ask if she needs help. She says no. Ten minutes later, or I believe 19 minutes later, police show up. She's gone. That sounds so staged to me, guys. Hmm. And? Yeah, it does. It does. It does seem yep. very staged. But that means that there's that means that there's somebody else involved that if it's staged. Do you mean it sounds like she staged the accident? Yeah, kind of. It does kind of sound that way, yeah, but no one has talked about it. Um, her friends have supposedly talked to police. Uh, her family has supposedly talked to police um, enough to where they're 
they're satisfied they weren't involved in helping her get away. And if I and I just I find it really hard to believe that she would pick that area to stage an accident. It's it it is a it is a remote area, but it's not as remote as people think. It's it's one of the only places on Route 112 that has homes pretty much immediately in the vicinity. She she would have she would have staged an accident directly across the street from somebody's home. And it, if she was planning on doing a, a staged accident, I just don't. Yeah, you know what? You're right. Why would she leave um, all of her stuff, including diamond jewelry, in yes. the vehicle? Right. The things that she took with her are what I've been like calling in my own head just to make sense, like immediate things. If I'm if I think I'm coming back to some place, if I'm on a trip and I take the things that I need for a few days, but I need to take off real quick and I plan on coming back, I'm taking keys, wallet, and cell phone. And and that's what she took. Locked the car, keys, wallet, and cell phone um, have never been recovered. So it doesn't seem, to, unless she's unless she's a criminal mastermind, it doesn't what seem to be What about the contractor? 8 to 8.30, a contractor returning home sees, as he said, a young person moving quickly on foot on Route 112. That was around 4 to 5 miles east of where her vehicle was discovered. Now, that person wearing jeans, a coat, and a light-colored hood. What about that? Yeah, do you, do you, do you want to know my real feelings on that? Or yeah. I'll, maybe I'll let yeah. Tim go with it, and then I'll jump in. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think that uh, that account is pretty suspicious um, because he didn't tell that to police. He told that to a neighbor of his, and the neighbor told police. And then uh, he was questioned after that, and his property was searched uh, pretty good. Well, pretty pretty good after he left. He actually wouldn't allow police on his property, and he was living in his trailer at the time. He was building a house on that same property. He sold his trailer, and as soon as the trailer left his property, it was pulled over by police and searched. And as soon as he sold his property, his house, that property was searched by police as well. Right, and to both came up. Both searches came up empty. Guys, wait a minute though. Isn't that what? Mora was wearing a dark coat, jeans. Yeah, but that that information be. had been out yeah. there for for a while. He he could have known that by reading the paper. He lived he lived right across from Butch Atwood. He lived within a hundred yards of the accident scene, and where he put Mora is at the area where. Uh, but a, if you a, think he's lying, why would he lie? I'm not sure if he had something well, else to hide. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure why he lied. But then why get involved at all? I think because he lived so close to the scene, and he's a peculiar guy. Why do you say that? Yeah, by all accounts. By all accounts, we've heard from a lot of locals in the area and uh, people that, that knew him and know him. Um, he's very, very strange uh, fella. Strange in what way? What do you mean by that? Strange towards women. Um, just kind of awkward. Can I ask you what man is not? <laughs> I'd like but, to think but me. when you say awkward, does he have a criminal record? That's what I want to know. I don't believe so. Married? Divorced. He was married. Uh, he was divorced at Children? the time. Children? Two daughters. Yeah, he has two kids. Lance, Tim, pause one moment. I don't know if you heard me earlier mention this, 
But with us today, our sponsor, Simply Safe. We've gotten this for a lady in our neighborhood, Miss Shirley, who has been our lifelong friend, is the age of my mom, as a recent widow. She did not have an alarm system, and she's had some scary incidents just recently, and there have been some break-ins in our neighborhood, and I think about her every night. You know, I don't live in Macon anymore, and I think about her being there alone without an alarm. My mom has an alarm. We have an alarm. But we got Simply Safe for Miss Shirley. And even I'm sleeping better, much less, you know, her. You get 10% off, everybody. SimplySafe.com slash Nancy. You just can't be safe enough. That's what I think. Okay. So tell me this. Where does it stand now? What does the family think? The Murray family? I think they're not exactly sure what to think, but I think they think that contractor is still a pretty good uh, suspect. And as far as we know, he was uh, and still is law enforcement's real only person of interest. Now, you know, there's a theory floating around that she took off and is living in Quebec. Have you heard that theory? Yeah, we went. Oh, yeah, we, we, yeah, we, we went, we to, went Quebec. to Canada. Um, it's a it's with uh, missing missing flyers and yep, everything. It's a. Uh, uh, it's a it's a romantic theory, but the more we looked into it, the more it's just not likely that someone could cross the border. Um, the The border restrictions had tightened up since uh, since two thousand one. So to cross the border, everyone everyone uses her. Are good you serious? Looks a, you don't think you can cross the Canadian border? I don't think you could cross the Canadian border, get a job, and remain under the radar in Canada for thirteen years. No, I don't think you can get a job and stay under the radar. That yeah. I think you can easily get across the border, but what? Yeah. Uh, why was she asked to leave West Point? She shoplifted. She, yeah, and she wasn't asked to. She stole some makeup she, from from a gift shop. Yeah. Guys, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I I know shoplifting is wrong. I know that, but I'm so used to prosecuting. You know, murders, rapes, aggravated assaults, armed robberies, torture, dope dealers. That a shoplifting, I'm like, eh. I'm not happy about it, but so I know that broke her father's heart by all accounts, correct? Yeah, I think it's safe to say that he wasn't um, wasn't pleased with that. But there's some some uh, theories out there that she might have wanted to get caught. She she might not have wanted to be there. And that was a way of her rebelling against it and, and, and leaving. I know that the father was upset about her crashing the car. Do we know anything else about that? Other than what he said, which is he was upset, but it was the way any parent would be upset. And they had talked about it the next day and told her that, um, you know, they discussed getting the uh, proper insurance paperwork, which she had on her uh, that we know. Um, and they were going to uh, they were going to take care of it. it. It really it really doesn't seem like anything more, according to the family, than she got into the accident. The family, you know, the father was upset, but they were figuring out a way to fix it. So they have a big blowout the night before over his crashed car. The next day, she crashes her car and leaves. Never seen again. I'm not. We're not entirely sure that they had like a big blowout. That's that's been put there. That's been put online, and that's that's something that no one can tell us for sure. They probably got in an argument. I'm guessing, but that's just. I guess I'm just you know trying to trying to not make it into something that it probably you know might. You might be right. You might be right. But the timing, they have the argument over her totaling his car, and the next day she disappears for good. Is that right? 
Yes, yeah. yes, because the accident that accident happened Saturday into Sunday, you know, early morning, and then Sunday they discussed it, and then yeah, that's correct. Boy, that cousin really thinks she's living in Quebec and just took off and left and never came back. That she staged the accident, went down the street, met her boyfriend, and he picked her up, her new boyfriend. That that could be that could be the case, but from everything we've looked into on on Mora, she wasn't a perfect uh, young woman, but she got along with her. Her dad, her dad and her were buddies. They they went on camping trips. They hiked. They 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 didn't have, as far as we know, a dysfunctional relationship, and it just it doesn't seem like it's in her character, from what we've looked into. It doesn't seem like it's in her character to um, to to disappear from him for thirteen years and put him through this. Well, yeah, that's the the confusing thing is what what was happening in her life that was so big that would make her want to run away forever. Right, we've never found anything you know, for thirteen plus years. Guys, let's put the tip line out there for anyone having information on Maura Murray. Tim Lance, do you have that number for me? Yes, uh, the New Hampshire State Police number is 603-223-3860. Yes, that is the best thing to do if you have any information on Maura is to call the state police. Uh, I know the, the first instinct is to contact Tim and I, but we turn around and, and we, uh, we contact the, the proper law enforcement. Guys, the search for Maura Murray goes on. Nancy Grace with Crime Stories signing off. Goodbye, friend. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's Crime Stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress, a collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The natural hybrid is made from natural latex, natural wool, and environmentally safe foams. The natural hybrid elevates your sleep and supports. Go to lisa.com forward slash nancy to learn more. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash nancy. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible, Easy Breathe. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed or do-it-yourself kits available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com. Get 20% off today. Thank you, Easy Breathe, for being our partner. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. 
Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.